Good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon. I'm so glad to see each and every one of you here this morning. Will you pray with me really quick as we, as we begin? God, this morning as we start this second sermon in the series Breakthrough, I just pray, God, that those of us who are longing for a breakthrough this morning will have the courage to be open to the breakthrough you have for us. I pray for those of us who've brought things that feel way too heavy, way too dark, way too much for you to break through. God, just remind us this morning that you are a God who breaks through it all. And I pray, God, that you will use me to point people to you. Amen. So we are on our second series this morning of Breakthrough, and I wasn't going to do this, but I'm just going to tell you that I've really felt God asking me the last couple weeks to let God break through my life and put my notes to the side and just sort of preach from an outline so you all can see more of my heart. And so this week I'm going to attempt to do that, but it's making me extremely, (laughs) extremely nervous. And then all of y'all showed up on the same Sunday. So I'm so glad to see you all here. It's exciting to have a full house and watch God break through all kinds of things this morning. But most of all, I'm praying that God will break through me and that some of you who are here this morning longing for God's breakthrough in your life, you'll begin to see God's breakthrough happen in your own life. So this is our second week in the Breakthrough series. Anybody here ever had a breakthrough experience in their life? You thought something was absolutely going to be the end. You were not sure you were going to make it through. And somehow, maybe in hindsight, you look back and you're like, only by God's grace was I able to make it through. And not only did I make it through, but God's grace made me better, made me stronger, made me more alive, and have a deeper sense of my purpose and passion for life. Anybody ever had one of those breakthrough experiences? Anybody longing for one this morning? Anybody tired of the mundaneness and the complacency of your life? Things seem a little boring, and you're ready for God to break through and do something new? Are you ready for this God that we sang about this morning to make all things new to do that? That's what we're going to talk about this morning in the Breakthrough series. So our first week, what we're talking about in this series is the three building blocks that God give us, gives us as we, as we sort of walk through a breakthrough. And the first, we talked about last week, Jacob, we looked at a character in the Bible, Jacob, who wrestles with God. He has to put his schemes and his plans to the side and let God break through and, and, and live out God's plan in his life, right? So the, the first building block is, pas- is passionate prayer, right? A, a prayer that just absolutely whole body living. That we, It's not just this silent corner, corner of your room prayer. God uses that and we're expected and, and need to do that. But this whole body living it out prayer experience. And the second story we're going to look at today, Chris just read it. This lawyer comes to, to Jesus, right? And he says, I'm tired of my life being the same day after day after day. And I want you to tell me how can I begin to experience some of those eternal things that you keep teaching about and you keep talking about. He says, how do I experience those things? And Jesus says, did y'all hear him? Jesus says, you already know how to do this. And he quotes scripture back to him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind. And Jesus is like, yep, you got it. And the, the lawyer's like, I don't know. I, like, I, I'm doing that. And, and Jesus, and he says, you have to also love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, bingo. And then he tells him a story about a guy who loves his neighbor. And so we're going to figure out that what the Samaritan did, what Jesus is telling this lawyer who's ready for a breakthrough in his life, who's sick and tired of doing the same thing over and over and over again and isn't experiencing a lot of joy, what he tells him is you need unbridled passion for other people and for God 
in your life. Those two things go together. So if you want to experience the breakthrough, if you want to keep walking through this breakthrough experience I have for you, you've got to love the Lord your God with everything you have, your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind, and you have to love your neighbor as yourself. That's what you have to do, and you have to do it with passion. Two things we've learned about breakthrough in the last weeks is that, this, that breakthroughs never come without some kind of season of darkness or uncertainty, like you don't always know what's next. Or in the case of the lawyer, he knows what's next and he's not real excited about it, right? Anybody had that kind of experience? So you either, it's uncertain and you don't know what's next, or you know what's next and you're not super excited about it. And these are the moments when God begins to break through. We're praying for God to do something different. We're expecting God to do something different. And through passion, through being passionate about God and our neighbor, we begin to walk through a breakthrough experience. I just want to remind us really quick as we keep going this morning that for those of you who bring with you a season of darkness and uncertainty that you're not sure if God can break through, I just want to remind you that we serve a God who through Jesus Christ has even broke through death. We, we read a Bible here during the week and on Sunday mornings and where there's story after story after story of people who bring anxiety that paralyzes them, who bring worry and fear that, that makes them not able to even think about what tomorrow looks like. People who are poor and don't know how they're going to make enough money for the next day. God breaks through all of that. So whatever season of darkness or uncertainty you bring with you this morning, I just want to let you know that we read a Bible where God breaks through all of that, right? We read about a Samaritan who's not expected to, to stop on the side of the road and help somebody. That's, that's the point of this story, and he stops and he does it. God breaks through the labels that you've brought with you this morning. God breaks through the doubts that you bring with you this morning. God brings, breaks through the pain and the grief. God breaks through it all, and I just want you to remember that this morning as we're reading this story about passion. There's a reason that you can feel free to have passion about Jesus, and that's because he breaks through things that we never think he can break he can break through. Um, something that I think is important that I realized for the first time this week about the Good Samaritan story is actually what happens before Jesus tells this story. Anybody here know what happens in Luke 10 before we get to the story of the Good Samaritan? I'm going to tell you what happens because I didn't remember until this week. God, Jesus is just starting out his teaching ministry, right? He's just starting to teach all these people. And 72 people are gathered to hear Jesus teach, and they all agree to drop everything they have and go live with somebody else in some other village or town, and they, they promise to shine light and ignite change in the name of Jesus wherever it is that God sends them. So God, Jesus sends them out two by two. There's 72 of them, and Jesus sends them out two by two to go to neighborhoods and care for the sick, to care for those who are poor, to feed those who are hungry, to help those who are helpless and desperate. This is what Jesus does. He says, if you want to follow me, this is what it's going to look like. I want you to leave all your stuff behind and I want you to go spend a few weeks in somebody else's house. This is before Airbnb. They had no idea where they're headed. And they go and they stay with them and they do the work of Jesus in the place where they are sent. And this is what happens, y'all. They come back. These 70 people come back and they are on fire. They are full of unbridled, uncontrolled passion. And the people around them are looking at them and they're like, what do they have? I want that. What do they have? I want that. And they're like, our eyes can't even believe what we've seen. Our ears can't believe what we've heard. We are watching Jesus, the name of Jesus, the power of Jesus, do more than we could ever imagine. As we care for the sick, as we care for those who are poor, as we care for those who are helpless, hopeless, and desperate. 
And so they come back, and they're all excited, and they're pumped up. And then even Jesus, right? Has anybody ever started a small business or a church before? And then people come back, and they're, like, excited about what you do. And Jesus is like, God, I thank you for this moment. I have some extra passion for the ministry you've sent me here for. I had it yesterday at Ballast Point Park when you brought your kids to pack sandwiches for folks who are experiencing homelessness. I had it two weeks ago when you signed your teens up to spend the week doing the work of Jesus in our neighborhood. I had, it, I had it last week when the BT Washington principal comes out and says, your people are making a difference in our school. We have a C. I've had it when I've, I've met with people and they're like, my friends, my small group, they're helping me break through the pain, the grief, the anxiety that I never thought I'd be able to break through. And, and Jesus says, Father, thank you for this moment. And all these other folks, anybody had FOMO before the fear of missing out? Y'all know what that is, right? Hashtag FOMO. Uh, so that's what they had. They're tweeting like we have hashtag FOMO because these 70 people have come back and they're super pumped. They have this joy that we can't even explain about following Jesus and doing what Jesus says. And we want that. We want that. And the people are like, what? how do we get that? How do we get that? How do we get that? And finally this lawyer stands up and he's like, I'm going to work every day. I'm working my cases. I'm doing what I'm supposed to. I go to synagogue on Sunday. I keep doing what I'm supposed to, Jesus, and I need something eternal. I, these things that I'm, I'm worried about, they, they're getting me through tomorrow, but I have nothing to look forward to beyond that. I need some way to invest my time in the eternal things that you talk about. What is this eternal life? that you talk about. What are these things that mean more than just the next second? What is more than this instant gratification? I figured that out. I'm, I'm working my cases. I'm doing what I'm supposed to, but I need life to mean something more. How do you help me to inherit that, Jesus? And Jesus says, you've read the scripture? You tell me. <laughs> you tell me. And the guy says, well, you love the Lord your God with what? All your heart and all your strength and all your soul and all your mind. I'm probably getting the order mixed up there, and I'm sorry. <laughs> but you, you love the Lord your God with all you have, and you love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus is like, yep, you got it. You, you figured it out, lawyer. And the lawyer says, but I, I'm doing that. I think that that's what I'm doing. So maybe I'm missing out on who my neighbor is. Can you tell me who's my neighbor? And then Jesus tells this story about the Good Samaritan. Anybody ever told a joke like three guys walk into a bar, like a pastor, a lawyer, and then somebody else? And then, have y'all heard that joke before? So this is, kind, Jesus invented the pattern for that joke in the story of the Good Samaritan. He's a funny guy, right? Why wouldn't you be passionate about following this funny guy? Anyway, so he's telling this story to these people, right? And he says, this guy is robbed. He's robbed of everything he owns, he's robbed of his purpose and his worth and his value, and he's left to die in a ditch. And everybody's like, man, this guy is dying in a, uh, in a ditch. And then Jesus says, and a priest walks by, and they're like, he is going to do exactly what these 70 people who came back from doing the work of Jesus, he's going to do that for that guy in the ditch. And Jesus says, wrong. He walks by on the other side of the road, and he doesn't even pay attention to the guy dying in the ditch. And everybody's like, what? What? He, he like, maybe he was, we know he was headed to do the work of God. We know he was headed to love God with all his, with everything that he had. But he, you mean he missed his neighbor dying in the ditch? And Jesus is like, yep, let me keep going. And then a Levite passed by, like a guy like most of us, a Tampite, they could say, a person who lives in Tampa, walks by, and he walks on the other side of the road, and he ignores the guy who's dying in the ditch. 
Guess where he was headed? The same places we're headed. He was headed to work. He was headed to drop his kids off at daycare. He was headed to the gym. He was headed to the grocery store. He, wherever. He, this Levite was headed there, and, and what did he do? He missed the neighbor who was on the side of the road. And then Jesus says, and a Samaritan walked by. And everybody's like, we know about those Samaritans. We know what he's going to do. Keep on walking by. There must be a fourth character that we're going to figure out. About. So everybody's like waiting for the punchline, and Jesus says, and the Samaritan stops. He stops on his path, and he gets off his, his donkey or his horse or whatever it is he was riding, and he goes over to his neighbor, and he bandages his wounds. He scoops him up, his lifeless body, out of the ditch, and he puts him on his own mode of transportation. And he doesn't take him to the nearest gas station and say, call 911 and figure it out. He doesn't take him to the Dollar Tree and ask him to panhandle for $5 like I did this week. That's not what this guy asks him to do. He puts him on a horse and he takes him and he checks him into a nice hotel. And he, he makes sure he has what he needs. He makes sure he has like Neosporin and bandages and some Tylenol so he can feel better. And I'm being serious. He, the equivalent of all these things is what he gives to him. And then he looks at the innkeeper and he says, this is the money for him to stay for the next couple of nights. And if he needs more, please make sure you give it to him and I'm going to bring you more to pay for him. And everybody's like, wow, that's a good neighbor. Who wants that kind of neighbor? If they see you in the ditch, they're going to pick you up and take care of you. Who wants that kind of neighbor? Who wants him to break through the stigmas that we've put on him? Who wants us to break through the crazy neighbor label we put on our person and we want him to pick us up out of the ditch and take care of us when we are dying? Who wants that kind of neighbor? And Jesus says, Jesus asked this lawyer, like, what kind of neighbor do you want? And the guy's like, that guy who showed mercy, he's the neighbor. And Jesus says, yes, go and do likewise. So I think this story asks us four questions about the passion that we're going to need for our breakthrough. The first question is, what in your path has stopped you dead in your tracks this week? Because that's probably where God's going to begin to show some passion. The scripture says that when the Samaritan saw him, he had pity on him. That word can also be translated into passion. He was filled with passion and love for this guy. What has stopped you in your tracks this week and made you feel passion for somebody or something else? When you are worried and distracted about the things that are, are worrying us and distracting us about childcare, about money, about groceries, about all those things, what does it look like to stop in our tracks and pay attention to the things around us that will allow us to love God with all that we have and love our neighbor with all that we have? Where in your path this week have you stopped dead in your tracks? And how is God saying, pay attention, that's where your passion is? Let it become unbridled. Spend money on putting them up in a hotel for three nights. That makes no sense to anybody else. But that's what it looks like to love your neighbor as yourself. That's what it looks like to love me. So what in your path this week has made you stop dead in your tracks? That's where your passion is going to start to come alive. It's going to help you walk through those breakthroughs, those things that you thought you'd never, ever be able to come through those labels of you're not good enough, why in the world would you help somebody bandaged on the side of the road? You don't even know how to put a band-aid on yourself. Why in the world would you help that friend who's going through a hard time? You don't even know how to take care of yourself. And Jesus says, no, the good neighbor doesn't ask those questions. They just stop and have passion for the things around them that I've put on their path. What has God put on your path this week? That's your first question to, to start getting at this unbridled passion that God gives to us. The second question Sorry. 
I bolded this and I still can't see it. <laughs> With the, the second question that God said, asks us is, how, what does it mean for us to go and do like the Samaritan? My whole life I've read this story and I thought that meant serve my neighbor more, 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 right? Do likewise. Jesus is really clear, like do likewise. So do more, Erica, do more, do more. And last night, not earlier this week, but last night, I realized that the Samaritan wasn't doing more, doing more, doing more. The Samaritan did what? stopped. In a world that tells us to go, 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 the Samaritans stopped and saw what was beside them. What does it look like for you this week to stop, to actually stop? I've heard this quote, your passion will drive you forward. Anybody heard that before? Your passion will drive you forward. Yes, that's what happened to the priest and the Levite. Their passion drove them right by the guy dying in the ditch. Your passion will drive you forward way too quick, but God's passion slows you down and gives you eyes to see the world like God sees the world. With a heart that breaks for people dying in ditches, without worth and without purpose. What does it look like this week for us to go and do likewise? To stop for a moment and let God's voice break through all of those things that you feel like you have to do Every day, what does it look like to go and do likewise, to stop? And finally, not finally, this is the third question. We've got one more after the third question. The third question is, what, how is God asking you to focus, to get that tunnel vision for loving God and your neighbor and start to, to tune out all the rest of those distractions? I... I've been in church before where I've sat week after week after week longing for God to break through something. I, I sat as a grad student and I didn't know, Chris and I didn't always know how we were going to pay our apartment rent, how we were going to pay the grocery bills that month. Like, was there going to be enough money? Anybody ever had that thought? Maybe this morning you came in and you just looked at your bank account and you're like, I'm not sure what, how this is going to look for the rest. I don't know how we're going to make this. I don't know how we're going to make childcare work. I don't know how we're going to make student loans work. I don't know how I'm going to make a house payment work. I don't know how I'm going to make this work and I'm worried about it or maybe you come in this morning and you you feel worthless people have told you you don't you're not any good you're nothing but a cheat you can't be trusted what is it right what is it that God has, has is asking you this morning to tune out and to focus on loving God and loving your neighbor because God's passion gives you the kind of tunnel vision that you need it begins to silence those voices that tell you all you can need to worry about is money and and the next thing and the best thing it, it begins to tune those out and helps us to to have tunnel vision to see God's love in our neighbor right to quit going so fast letting those thoughts penetrate our brains till we're just moving too fast to even see the person dying in a ditch. What does it look like to let God break through all of those thoughts and begin to help you have tunnel vision for loving God and loving your neighbor? For some of us, it means stopping doing what all we're doing and loving our children, the neighbor God put in our very own house. For some of us, it's going to mean something bigger, right? Maybe you're feeling this longing to do something a little more or a little different. I've, I've sat where you sat. And I'm going to tell you that praying more is not going to put more money in your bank account. Loving your neighbor better is not going to put more money in your bank account. But it will begin to help us invest in the eternal things of life, right? That lawyer sat there without that worry. But he worried that at the end of the day, his life wasn't going to matter, that, the life, that living a life trying to follow God and love God wasn't going to matter. And he says, yes, it's not if you don't love with all that you have, me and your neighbor. 
If you want to start investing in some eternal things in life, focus on loving me and loving your neighbor. And the final question is, are you ready for God's passion to defy others' expectations of you? Because this, this is the thing that really happens, right? Jesus is not just telling a nice story about a Samaritan who helps, it, who helps a guy who's dying in a ditch. It's about defying the expectations. He had somewhere to be too. Let's not pretend that he didn't have an important job. Let's not pretend that he didn't have important things to do. He might be late picking up his own kids because he helped somebody in a ditch. He had important things to do too. What does it look like, right? What does it look like to defy the expectations of others? This is where it becomes hard for me, right? I, I, I feel like people want me to do, 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 do more when sometimes I'm being asked to love God more, to slow down so I can see my neighbors even around me and what's going on, what's the deeper need. So are you ready for God's passion in your life? People are going to ask questions. So 72 people came back, and people weren't just excited about how excited they were. People were asking questions, right? Like you... Why are you doing that? Why are you giving up everything you have that makes zero sense? It's going to defy the expectations. What are the expectations that you're living with day in and day out? God wants to break through those because those are some of the sources of the pain and the grief and the doubt that you bring with you every day. Those expectations that you're living with from somebody else is what's causing you to miss out on loving your neighbor. And your way... <laughs> To begin to love your neighbor is to love God and recognize that God loves you. So there are a couple characters in that Good Samaritan story that I want us to look at and think about this morning. The first is the person who's robbed and in a ditch. If some of you come here this morning feeling like you're wounded, you're in a ditch, you don't know what's next, you're hurting, you're exhausted, you're worn out, you've experienced a great deal of pain, if you feel like you're in that ditch, I want to tell you that God is like a good Samaritan and God will scoop you up and put you on a journey to healing. This, the, the wounds didn't heal overnight for that, for that guy who was on the side of the road. It, it took a while. It was a journey. It took a, took a stay in a nice hotel. That sounds good, right? Uh, it, took a, it, took a, it took a while. It took a journey for them to get there. So if you are here this morning and you are longing for the things that people have stolen from you, if thieves have stolen from you your purpose, your meaning, the things that are so important to you, if, some, if, if thieves have stolen that from you, I'm here to tell you the Good Samaritan will scoop you. God is like the Good Samaritan and will scoop you up and put you on a path that you can begin to experience healing. If you're like the Good Samaritan and you're ready to have some deep joy and passion in life, what does it look like to spend some time this week loving God with all that you have and loving your neighbor? What does it look like to spend a lot of time with God so that God's passion and love can change us so much that we begin to see the world differently and in a new light? We begin to see our neighbors again. We begin to love our neighbors well again. What does that look like for you this week? And finally, if you're here like the lawyer and you're, you're tired of being comfortable, you look ahead at your life and you're like, I'm not real excited about the next week's school starting, guys. We're about to pick up the routine. Some of us are excited about school starting. <laughs> but if you're not, <laughs> if, if there's something you're looking ahead at and you're like, we're not real excited about that, what does it look like for you to begin to take the words of Jesus serious? 
What does it look like for you to begin to love the Lord your God with all that you have? And what does it look like for you to love your neighbor as yourself? Here's the deal. This morning, I believe there are some of you who are in desperate need of a breakthrough. And I just want to take a moment and pray over all of us for that breakthrough. The band's going to come up, um, and they're going to play for a few minutes. And so I just want to pray for you. If you need a moment... This world moves at a really fast pace. I get it. And it is really hard to stop and to listen to God. And so right now in this moment, I just want us to stop and pray for a second to take some time to love the Lord our God with all that we have and to begin to ask God for eyes and hearts and hands and feet that see the world as God sees the world. Will you pray with me? God, we come to you this morning from so many different places. Some of us here feel like we've been thrown in a ditch, God, and we've been robbed of the things that matter, and we just want passion again, God. We just want healing from you, God. We just want to be able to live life again, God. And so we ask you this morning to scoop us up, to love us, and to set us on a journey of healing. We ask you that in the name of Jesus this morning. For some of us this morning, who feel like the lawyer and we're tired of the mundane day after day after day. We're looking for deeper significance and deeper purpose in our lives. And we know that means that we have to trust you. God, we're here this morning and we just say, here we are. We want to love you with all that we have again and show what, give us eyes and ears and hearts and feet and lives that love the people you love as, as you love us. And for those of us in between, God, who, who bring all kinds of things we need you to break through this morning, we just hand that over to you and we ask you to break through it, God. Break through those things. God, we love you. And we thank you that you're a God who asks us to love our neighbors as you love us. And for those of us who forget how loved we are by you, remind us again this morning how much you love us. Remind us we don't have to be perfect. We can defy the labels and expectations, the pain and the grief and the doubt that have been placed on us. And that we can love you and our neighbors fully. We love you. 